Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Do you realize that I'm in a contract year? Look, Malik, do you realize that you're in a contract year? Because you sure haven't been playing like it. I've been spending like I've been in a contract year. (laughs) You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? On a snowy Friday morning, you're listening to The Dig. I'm Nick. This is Jeremy. How you doing today, Jeremy? Doing well. I think we're making uh, The Dig history here. Recording in the morning. Um, yeah. I mean, I, let's not make a habit out of this. I, I imagine anybody listening who's been listening for a while can easily understand how the morning for you and I is is power hour um, when we get most of our business done, when we get our gym time in. Um, right. So peak efficiency yeah. and productivity. Yeah. Yeah. From the hours of like what, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., something like exactly. that. Exactly. Really at peak performance. Um, yeah, the other problem is I can't have a beer at 7 o'clock in the morning or whatever. What? Well, I can, but about? I mean, it just seems I don't know, it seems a little unhealthy. The second that the sun comes up, <laughs> it's, it's day drinking. Yeah. Technically, if the sun is up, it's day drinking. That's fine. That's a good point. So you and I haven't even had a chance to debrief the uh, Rockets game. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Dominance. It felt so good. Yeah. It's been the, the exact opposite of, of every other game that we've played against them in the past four years. Where even, even in games where you could say we played well against them, it's just them with their grip around us. And we're right. do, doing everything we can to try and shake out of it. And by the end... They just never let go of their grip and and they overcome us. But it was truly the exact opposite narrative in this one where we had a grip around them the entire game and there was nothing they could do to shake free of it. So, yeah, that's a really good point. I I felt the same way that that more than anything, my takeaway was that Denver felt like they dictated play. Right. They were dictating the pace. They were dictating what Houston could do how they had to play. It didn't feel like we were just the mercy of Harden, you know, um, doing whatever he he wants to do and getting wherever he wants to get. Honestly, it's it's a feather in the hat of Malone's chance for coach of the year. This was this was truly a team that looked. Um, it looks like they had, you know, ten days of practice only for this, like an NFL game, like you know, a full week of practice of, right. of um, planning against another team. And and they came out completely in sync. It was it was beautiful. I'm trying to think of a more impressive, especially defensive performance in the regular season that we've seen from this squad. I, I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm forgetting about some stuff last year, but the, I feel like it's got to be up I there. I feel like there's an asterisk because of Houston style of play being such a um, um, 
so uncommon for the NBA. You know, it's, it's not it's not your typical game plan where, yeah. where you're playing an overall type of defense against another team. This is one where they have a very acute, specific game plan. And so our defense has to. Oh, come on. There's like a ton of teams that have a guy that shoots 15 threes a game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but I mean, that being said, they played so solidly through and through that I, I think that legitimizes it to be in the question that you just asked of overall great, great defensive efforts. Um, so this team is going to give me additional acid reflux this i swear <laughs> what they're from game to game i mean we the swings we're having this season yeah. i don't know i don't know if it's just a result of expectations i mean you know we've talked about this on the show uh in our last show we we called for a reset and and like just chilling out on this team a little bit seems like that was pretty good timing uh seeing what happened in the rockets game where they looked like a championship favorite if you were if you were to go off one game I'm, i mean that they looked like a team that was fully in sync that had completely committed to their coach's defense first mentality and his scheme. And they played incredibly efficient offense. Jokic had his best game of the year, really by far. He had a quiet 27 points, as Mike Malone described it <laughs> afterward. And I agree with that. It was like you looked at the box score afterward, and, he, and Jokic had a monster game, and he was just everything came in the flow of the offense. There was nothing that seemed out of place. And that's so, it, it was so striking in comparison to the Rockets where they're, mm. they're two super high usage players. Everything um, is loud sort of mm-hmm. from them, right? Like they're just shooting constantly. Speaking of two know. best, uh, one thing that I've been frustrated with is the amount of praise that's been heaped on Westbrook this season. And Oh, I have a story of my, of his entire career. Feel- <laughs> <in my> <laughs> yeah. Most overhyped player of all time. But of um, all time. So, I feel like we were able to show the true colors like Westbrook hasn't been shooting well, even though he's had the shots there, even playing kind of next to Harden or when Harden's off and it's all kind of worked out, but not efficiently. It hasn't been an efficient performance out of him. And we were able to lock him up like we usually do. Honestly, great job by Torrey Craig. It felt like I remember last year. Yeah. um, the Denver Stiffs stopped giving out game balls this season, uh, but last year we gave Torrey Craig a game ball just for the the way he played defense against, uh, just completely shut down Russell Westbrook. And what we did was we right. we put up <laughs> we put up a picture of Russell Westbrook and his stats for the game, and then and then Torrey <laughs> Craig's name, and and he came through again. It's it's kind of cool just to have like a button that you can press. Um, it's labeled Torrey Craig. And when your opponent on the screen is Russell Westbrook, you just tap that button and he goes away. And yeah, there's there's something to it. I mean, they they beat the Thunder four times last year, and Tory Craig's defense on Russell Westbrook was a large part of all of those um, games. And I yeah, for whatever reason, he he's just he's living rent free on uh, in Westbrook's head. I don't know. I don't know what. It is about that matchup for Westbrook. He really struggles against Craig. I mean, Craig's a great defender one on one, so that that's you know obviously part of it. It's it's not like a, this is some fluke, yeah, defensive performance that he only gets against Westbrook. But um, but yeah, he <laughs> something. I don't know. Maybe Westbrook brings something out of Craig too a little bit. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe he takes a certain pleasure in, <laughs> in in shutting him down in his mouth. I don't know. Um, but but I, well, to, whatever it is, I enjoy it to, every second of it. To bring it back to the point, I, I think it kind of uncovered. 
this has been a Harden led team through and through. Not like not like sixty percent Harden, forty percent Westbrook. Not even like mm. not even like eighty percent Harden, twenty percent Westbrook. I, I think the Westbrook praise needs to fall away. I think the fact that they haven't been an abomination um, is what's kind of caught a lot of people by surprise. Yeah, they've been really good actually. Yeah, they they've won been really good. But it's I don't. It's not because Westbrook has been so good. It's just because it hasn't affected Harden at all. If anything, it's right. ramped Harden up, and and, and so it, it's not praise to Westbrook. It's it's honestly all praise to Harden. As much as people also don't want to hear that. Yeah, I'm. I still don't see how this team really can turn a corner and 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 compete for a championship this year. Uh, the Rockets, I mean. Um, I, I this I don't know the fit with Westbrook and and Harden just has never really made sense to me. If 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 Westbrook could get his his three point shooting up to you know even like thirty eight or thirty nine percent, you know we might be talking about a different a different story. But he's just not a good shooter, when, and he never has yeah. been. And I I don't see, when, we don't see any evidence at this point he's ever going to develop that. Yeah, he had he had I guess a passable. I'm not even going to look at the stats, but just off of memory, a passable three point shot. You know. A few seasons back, but he's he's not. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But enough about them. More about us. Yeah. Um. I, I think. I think this is just basketball to a certain degree. It it does often look wild, and you know you'll have a game where you think your team is just the worst team in the league, and then you'll have a Houston <laughs> Rockets game where they looked like, you know, they were the the. The best team in the right. league. Um, say, yeah. The other team was the insect caught in the, the spider's web, and they're just playing playing with it. So it, it, that's just the joy of basketball, as much as people don't want to call it joy, like our friend Lad, who literally <laughs> dies, even during best games, <laughs> there's one bad play. Oh, the entire – yeah. We spend the entire first half of, of 95% of their games this year talking them off the ledge. Right. But welcome to fandom. I mean, that's – you know, that's just from uh, doing stiff social media. I get to see firsthand that that's, you know, at least 33% of the fan base, if not 50% of the fan base. But they all keep watching it because it is fun. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and to be fair, out. they've earned this. I mean, they, they they played so well last year and made made such a leap forward so quickly, really, um, that they amped the expectations up for themselves. And that's why we're, we're all, you know, we kind of came in to the beginning of the season expecting to see championship level basketball right. because of how much we had all talked them up in the off season. And because they had this continuity with all these other shifting, um, you know, sort of teams and, and rosters in the West, uh, the nuggets didn't have that issue. And so it seemed like they would hit the ground running a little quicker than they yeah. did. But I think the Houston game was a great reminder of what this team is when they're playing well. Mm-hmm. And they still have another another step to go offensively, probably. But when they're locked in on defense, they are really tough to beat. Yeah. This is a legit good team. Like we I mean, we have I don't I don't think we need to worry so much, you know, pending anything crazy about whether the Nuggets are going to be in the playoff hunt or, you know, like, you know, maybe we'll start worrying about seeding or things as we move um, forward, but I, I think this year it's really going to be about matchups and about you know h- how much our young players can take another step forward in the playoffs. I think we're really playing the long game. Yeah. All right. So what's on the menu for this podcast, Nick? 
Yeah, so I I don't know about other Nuggets fans, but I felt like I haven't been paying much attention to the Eastern Conference, and we have the Celtics rolling in tonight. Uh, so I was thinking maybe we could take a look at the East a little bit. Eight of the Nuggets' next 13 games are against Eastern Conference teams. Uh, they're playing the Sixers again. We have a couple new teams in there. They're playing the Nets again, too. Um, but yeah, we wanted to do just a little bit of a lay of the land uh, on the Eastern Conference and find out kind of what's been going over there. Discuss that a little bit because we haven't been given that much love on the show so far. And we're going to introduce a new segment on the show today after that where we're going to test out our acting skills, <laughs> Jeremy. This is so ridiculous. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it'll be good prep maybe for uh, Breaking Basketball season or episode three, the finale. The theme. All right. So let's go with uh, the theme Wild Wild East. <laughs> Are you going to explain it? <laughs> no, the East. Actually, I mean, the the West is wild in its own way for sure. But I, I'm kind of feeling like the West is pretty pretty top heavy well i shouldn't even say top heavy but like playoff team heavy you know every team pretty much is competitive in the west the you know the second to last team right now is the blazers who's still a good team they still have the potential of of getting on a roll at some point later in the season although i'm concerned about them i think they have some pretty major issues but they, you know they were in the western conference finals last year and the warriors are in last place um so we've had some upheaval in the west but the east is maybe arguably the the more interesting conference or at least the more unpredictable conference maybe is a better way to put it um there's a lot of, of shuffling around there and 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 there's some teams that are making some noise this year that I wasn't expecting to do that and some teams that have have been worse too so we're going to talk about that in a fill in the blank segment threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com Fill in the blank. All right, Jeremy, fill in the blank. The most impressive team so far in the East has been the blank. Well, it's knocking on our door, but I'm not going with it because we're about to play them. I think the Boston Celtics have been the most impressive. Um, They're a team that is top 10 in offense, top five in defense in the entire NBA. it, it was really close, actually. This is this is really interesting. Them and the Raptors, uh, they shared the exact same offensive rating and defensive rating. So, hmm. so it's it's an extremely close tie. The the thing that man, there's so much to be impressed about with the Raptors too. But what I really like about the the Celtics so far this season is um, 
Gordon Hayward was, you know, finally showing the Gordon Hayward that we were all kind of hoping he would be or, or, or expected him to be um, before the injury. And that was kind of the, the, the main thing that everybody was pointing to for the Celtics resurgence. And then all of a sudden they lose him and they just keep going. Um, and they're, they're a fun team. They're a grinded out team. So uh, they're, they're showing a lot of strength. They're showing a lot of the qualities that I think um, are the important ones for a team to build off of, um, which is why I would put them as the most impressive for this, this season, not just statistically, but the grit and the grind and the heart and the versatility and adaptability that they're showing. Um, yeah, I think we're seeing the uh, negative effect that Kyrie Irving evidently had last year completely yeah <laughs> it's the opposite. i mean this is just like a different team it's a tale of two two seasons for this it's team everything they didn't have arguably yeah i mean they should arguably be worse after some of the losses it, not just Kyrie, but they lost you know some of their uh young role players and they're better <laughs> addition by subtraction in this case mm-hmm. um probably just because Kyrie was so toxic last year i mean we heard you know, kind of rumblings of, about things behind the scenes and that he was, you know, pretty, pretty awful. Um, and I'm kind of hearing I, just the last couple of days, I've been hearing some negative stuff about Kyrie in Brooklyn now. So I don't know. It seems like stuff follows this guy and I don't know enough about him or, you know, enough behind the scenes stuff to make any kind of intelligent statement about what it is. That's, that's the issue or what kind of problems he causes exactly. But I, I think we're seeing that there, something something definitely changed. There's a there's a cloud that was lifted off this team, and they're playing like like the young, talented team we thought they would they would be last mm-hmm. year. Um, I had went uh, with the other team that you mentioned, though the Raptors at ten and four. I did not see that coming. Uh, I thought I thought the loss of Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard uh, sort of doomed this team. I thought they'd be you know borderline playoff team um, because I was not expecting Siakam to become an MVP candidate. Right. I'm not sure if anybody else was. I might have just missed the boat on that one. He's averaging 25, 9, and 4, which those numbers compare pretty favorably to Kawhi's numbers last year. Yeah. Without the load management. <laughs> so, uh, he's shooting 36% from three. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he. I, I think you mentioned um, that – there's some talk that he could be the first player legitimately in contention for most improved player and most valuable player. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm not sure we've seen leaps from a player like this over the course of what's three seasons now where he has taken like major, major leaps forward. There's probably a precedent, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to think of, of a player that's made such a dramatic Im- improvement over a, a short period of time. So uh, they're getting everything they want out of him, and that's yeah, it's benefited him to the tune of ten and four, and they're you know in the top half of the Western or the Eastern Conference. So, all right, enough praise. Pretty impressive. Enough praise for the East for crying out loud. On to our next on the blank. Although they did beat the Lakers too, I should add. Okay. So I'm willing to heap some some praise on the Raptors. That's worth squeezing in. We we can mm-hmm. give them praise for that. In fact, that's worth squeezing in all podcast long. So I'm going to remember that. Right. So shout out from now on, if you beat the Lakers, we give you a, we dedicate a special segment <laughs> to your team. So on the flip side, least impressive team so far in the East has been the. I'm going to say the Pistons. Uh, they're four and ten. 
which is bad. But you look at the roster, they, like Andre Drummond is putting up some pretty ridiculous yeah. numbers. He's averaging 18 and 17, almost a whatever a, a 2020 is. I don't know, a, a double, 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 double. Mm-hmm. Um, and Griffin is still on this team. He's, but not, I, I thought, not really. He's w- was still one of the better players in the league, but apparently not because um, he is definitely way down. This year, he's he's averaging 18, 6, and 4, which is like, okay. Oh, but he's only shooting 34% he, right now. He just came back so from if, injury, so I'm, I'm not – I'm willing to hold off on that. I, I, up to this point, yeah. you have an argument that up to this point, but um, yeah. Yeah, and Derrick Rose has been pretty good. And, and, and you know, they have a perennial underachiever Reggie Jackson on the team <laughs> too. But, I mean, like, there is some talent on this team, especially with Derrick Rose playing – Playing well, he's averaging eighteen and five in like twenty four minutes a game. Yeah. So and Luke, he's been a really Luke, consistent product and productive player. I think Luke Kennard actually could be six player of the year um, potential. Yeah. He's he's done a great job, and and they're not going to let off the gas on on his playing time. So that was one I overlooked. I I, I struggled so much with uh, with our uh, individual or uh, yeah, well awards um, pred- predictions. That we do every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I wanted to go so differently from where we've been before, and obviously, um, oh my gosh, I almost called him Ramon Sessions. Who's um, Lou Williams? Uh, is obviously the perennial six player of the year player, and I just right. I just didn't want to bite that bullet. But there was nobody else out there. I looked so long and hard for a, a good six six man of the year player. Well, I think I predicted Jeremy Grant, so I'm not <laughs> sitting too pretty at the moment. Yeah, but the props, but maybe that's that's a good example of where Detroit's at right now is that the only like quality talking point is that they might have a six man of the year player that that and Drummond, right. that and Drummond, but yeah. So I mean, maybe if Griffin can get it get it back a little bit. Um, I don't. I just. I don't know where he's at now or what he has left. But uh, you know, maybe maybe the team's fate kind of rests on on his shoulders. Um, if they're, if they're going to actually get back into playoff contention, yeah, mm, they were barely playoff contention last year. Right. I, yeah, yeah. I think the least impressive team so far has been the umami of the NBA, <laughs> <laughs> the New York Knicks. I least impressive at basketball, but. Maybe most impressive at their likeness to food. <laughs> well, I, in all honesty, sure, it's a joke, but it makes sense to me. Umami is not something that you like go searching for or want to base a solid meal off of. It's not like, you know, it's it's 2 p.m. You're running behind on lunch and you're starving and you're like, you know what I want? Something with some umami, <laughs> smack of umami. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's still interesting. There's something interesting about it as unusual and, um, not important to a meal as it is. And the Knicks are so, they are the worst put together roster I have ever seen before. It's it's, it's so bad. They they have, they have like six, uh, veteran power forwards and centers on that team. And yet, like probably their best player is Mitchell Robinson, a center, a young center, and he's not getting any playing time. 
I, I don't understand this at all. Uh, I mean, you could actually make the argument that they've been one of the more impressive teams because they have four wins. <laughs> How is that roster getting yeah, I, four wins? <laughs> so they've been given. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. They didn't, Their best player is Julius Randle. Well, uh, not best player. But Are you, I don't know. The player with uh, the ball I mean, just like statistically. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. So they have. They don't know who their point guard is. They've been they've been constantly rotating that. Right now they're settling on Frank Natalikina. Even in all honesty, he's actually been kind of impressive from a defensive standpoint. It looks like he's starting to use the the athletic body that that he has. But obviously, no offense there, no, no playmaking there. So they're giving it to Julius Randle to to try and pass the ball around, and he's just handing it over to his buddy Marcus Morris. Who the two of them just laugh to the bank every night, <laughs> and then and then to back them up, they're giving the minutes to Bobby Portis and and Todd Todd Gibson instead of Mitchell Robinson. I I'm completely blown away by this. Completely blown away, um, especially Alfred Payton. I think is there's plenty of reasons to be down on the guy, but he can actually run an offense. He's the only guy on yeah. the entire team that can actually run an offense. And they've they've thrown them out. I it, it's the the worst roster I've ever seen put together, being coached in the worst way possible. I <laughs> this is the worst run team I think it, I've ever yeah, seen in the hi- in the history of sports. It's it's in the top three, four <laughs> best train wrecks of all yeah. time. What's happened with this team since the what mid late nineties? But I mean, and and the funny thing is, I feel like. The, the quality pieces are staring everybody in the face. They've got RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox is looking like, um, I mean, I was really, yeah, there's talent yeah, there. I was really right. low on him coming in, but he's a young guy at, you know, a wing position. Like that can take some time to really develop and he's not looking too bad this season. Um, these are the pieces you develop around. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, Umami. It continues to be the yearly enigma why the NBA's biggest market can't get anything figured out. And it's at this point, I like I would actually kind of like to see the Knicks turn things around and become interesting because I, I think the NBA is better when you have I think all sports are better when you have New York teams that are interesting. I know there's just something about the like evil empire thing, yeah. you know, like the the big city uh, sort of to, to, to knock off and uh I don't know the the kind of hype around Madison Square Garden is a lot of fun, but it's just been lame for it feels like two decades now. Especially between a New York team doing well and an LA team doing well, of course you want the New York team to be the one doing well, or at least your New York Knicks fans yeah. are diehard diehard fans who have been lifelong and actually watch their team play and know something about basketball. Whereas you want right? Can you imagine if the Lakers had been this bad for this long? Yeah, there wouldn't even be a team in LA. I don't know. But. I don't know. All right, uh, I would like to give a little bit of a shout out on this one to the Sixers. What? They're nine and five. They're not terrible. What are you talking about? For least impressive. Oh, okay. They're they haven't. I'm not. I'm not saying they've been bad, but. You know, they're fifth in the Eastern Conference. They have a few bad losses. And I, I've been watching, you know, like Sixers Twitter, 
a little bit more since the Nuggets played them and um, just kind of keeping keeping tabs on the team. You know, you're there. Uh, we talk about them more often than we would talk about any other random, you know, kind of NBA team. And they were my pick to go to the finals. And I guess I'm just feeling like that team has some some issues. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, yeah. I'm not sure that they're that, that we can say that they're a shoe and even to even make like the Eastern Conference finals at this point. They need shooting badly on that team. And I I don't know where they're going to get it from, really. Um, and Ben Simmons just seems to have kind of stagnated. And I, I don't know. I, I just I'm, there's I feel like there's another step there last night or two nights ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. Huge progress. Yeah, that, he just he has 100 <laughs> percent progress now. 100 percent right. progress on his three point shooting. <laughs> right. No, it's it's you know what? It's extremely similar to the Nuggets. This is what I love about being close to the the 76ers team is that for years now, they've been like the East Conf- Eastern Conference version of the Nuggets. You go back to when um, not even jo- – well, Jokic was our newest player who wasn't even playing yet, and we were a terrible, terrible, terrible team. And the way that we've been able to, to come up, and it's it's been similar storylines, and now we're both – you know, challengers for the title and each of our conferences kind of a thing. And, mm-hmm. and the problems that they've been having to me aren't huge problems in any way, shape or form. They're small little things that just have to be tightened. Their rotations changed a little bit there. Um, and yeah, shooting is, is a problem, but it's come on. We're the nuggets, you know, the shooting has been a problem for us too, but right. we, we kind of know where it should be coming from. And Kind of the same thing with uh, the Sixers. They just need to tighten tighten things up a little bit. But I, I I can see what you're saying. You know, the hype was definitely there. I picked them. I picked them to, to win it all. Actually, um, yeah. I would say the majority of national media picked them to be um, in the finals. And and yeah, nine and five. That's not where you want to be. They're not with those expectations. Yeah, they're not looking that. Yeah, they're not looking like a finals team right now. And and I guess that's so. It's more of the expectations game yeah. with them too but um thought i'd throw in another wrinkle all right so the team most likely to challenge for a championship from the east right now is the blank i'm going with your toronto raptors um oh interesting yeah i i think um again it's so close between them and the celtics um but i i'm just gonna go with those guys who have been there um they had what it took last season. They won the championship and Kawhi got a ton of credit for that. And he definitely deserved it, but they went there as a team and they won as a team. And what we've seen, as you highlighted is that they've filled in for the piece that they lost. They have other players stepping up. As you mentioned, um, Siakam's stats look incredibly similar to Kawhi's. So we're seeing them come together. Um, so I, I, I take that the, not just the ability that they have been able to fill in for Kawhi, but the way that they've filled in from what's there um, doing the same things. It's not like they like say Kawhi was some huge offensive threat and bad defensive guy. And now they have a flip flop where they have some great defensive guy who's not good at offense and they have the same record they, he's literally filled in with the same rebounding with incredible defense, with um, clutch playing um, all the, th- the things that Kawhi brought. So I see what visually on the surface looks like the same team that won it all last year. And with the, the cracks that we've seen in, in Philadelphia, 
and um, Celtics just kind of rounding into form. That's the kind of thing where you don't know if they're just kind of catching, catching some magic right now, or if it's going to truly be a season long kind of a thing. Right. So, yeah, the the Raptors kind of have become and sort of remain the most interesting team for me to watch in the and East. And they've got a, uh, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm rooting for them to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and they've got a move to I make think, too. Like, this is a team that yeah. at the deadline could make a move and right. get even stronger. Yep. I'm going to go with the obvious choice and just say the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 12 and 3. They're steamrolling again. They're probably going to have, you know, in the 60, 65 win range by the end of the year, probably have the one seed or two seed. Um, the question with them is, are they a regular season team can they turn the corner and become a, a championship sort of contender i don't know i just, i think Giannis has taken another step his shooting has gotten better he's, he's hitting threes now which is terrifying <laughs> and uh even threes like off the dribble and stuff this is this is not good uh, for, for the league um I, I i suppose it's good if you like watching great basketball but it's bad if you're not a bucks fan so, so I, I, see. I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible this is the year. If, if if the Sixers can't get things tightened up, if the Celtics are still a year or two away, too young, whatever, um, and the, the Heat maybe are uh, – shout out to the Heat, by the way, who are 10-3. and three. We haven't talked about them, but they're doing really well. Even with missing Jimmy Butler the first part of the year, they were able to hang in, and, and now that they have him back, they seem like – like they could actually be a an interesting team to watch in the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think I think the Bucks could could have enough around Giannis to to make a run. See, I, I, what you just said is is exactly what I don't agree with. Um, they they don't look like the same team to me as I saw last season, and and that's that's where I I think this this supporting cast just has so many holes in it. You, are you going to count? You know, seven game series. Are you going to count on Middleton is looking? crustier than he usually does yeah. uh, Bledsoe looks terrible and usually he was like a strong season-long guy who then would play play well or fall apart in the playoffs and just not be able to defend like he used to um Brogdon's not there to support them and carry them like he did last season it, it's been like it's kind of been the east coast version of the the Rockets to me this is this is a well I'm thinking of them team. being like the kind of like the old Cavaliers teams with LeBron where they, they could just sort of ride his greatness and the team knew yeah, that's interesting it. how you know what their meal ticket was and in playoff time they were able to you know to, to, to play enough defense and get enough greatness out of their best player to make it through i think we could see something like that it i, I don't think I, I think the other teams that we talked about i think the sixers for sure and maybe the celtics should be able to beat the bucks in a seven game series if if things go right, but I I think they're, you know, the Bucks are a monster playoff run from Giannis away from making the finals. I mean, I, I think he can be that good. Yeah. Um, the, what you just said about the, the LeBron comparison um, is the, the only way I, I, I could see it happening. And I didn't even consider that, but um, yeah. And maybe there's a I mean, few other worthy of that, comparison. you know, sort of Andre Iguodala types in the, of the world who could, you could help this team out, the, you know, by the trade deadline or something. You could, you know, just to kind of fill in some of those weird kind of holes mm-hmm. in their roster. But I don't know. I I, I, de- I see them hitting a wall with Philadelphia, and yeah, even the way Philadelphia is playing now. And if you if you're able to contain, um, well, really the the whole team. If you have you know a team of uh, Giannis and you're able to ra- rather contain him, 
which if any team can, I think it's Philadelphia. And, and then just all of the incredible defensive role players on the Sixers then contain the up and down rest of the, the shooting team of Milwaukee. It's, um, that's, that's to me a scary matchup. So what I'm saying is I don't believe you, but, <laughs> but I like that LeBron comparison. Fair enough. If they make it, it's fair to start com- the questions of Giannis to LeBron. Or I'm, I'm totally open to that. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's got to prove it in the playoffs. That's that's his next his next leap to make, mm-hmm. but he's a freak. Uh, all right, Eastern Conference. There you go. You got some love on the dig. You can sleep soundly at night now. All right, role play. Role play. Now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. The game of the night, Boston versus Flyover Town. It's pronounced Jokic. All right, Jeremy. So it's time for a new segment. Oh, no. <laughs> Why are you so We've excited? been really innovative this year, by the way. Oh, we have. We have. We've been rolling out new segments like they're left and right. Yeah. Every episode, practically. Fortunately, we, we practice and really think them out through and through to begin with. So we're ready. For right. Them. Right. I mean, we want to deliver only the highest quality content. <laughs> so our new segment is role play. <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. What's up, Malik? Why so sad today? <sighs> Look, coach, here's the thing. I love you and all, but first of all, I was a major contributor on this team last year. I was a major factor in our playoff success. I kind of Save the team, honestly, in that Spurs series, if we're going to be perfectly frank about it. Look, and I don't understand why I am not getting any minutes. You haven't played me in three straight games. Before that, I only averaged like six minutes a game in in, in three games. What did I do? Do you realize that I'm in a contract year? Look, Malik. Do you realize that you're in a contract year? Because you sure haven't been playing like it. I've been spending like I've been in a contract year. (laughs) So last season, my biggest problem with you was your inconsistency on defense. You actually were able to play some really good defense, but it's like sometimes you just completely blow it, make a a terrible mental error. This season, you're not even playing good defense at at any point. You're, You're laying things happen all around you. It, oh, come on, coach. That is not fair. I am averaging more steals and blocks in less minutes. Well, okay, I'm averaging slightly less steals, but in way less minutes, and I'm averaging more blocks. It doesn't matter. If you're averaging 0.2 blocks a game, I don't care if that's more than last season. I And I don't care about blocks. I want you to cover your guy. You need to be part of a, a defensive unit. 
and hold guys accountable, hold your player accountable, hold the, the roles accountable. And on offense, you're not, you're not even shooting the ball well. What happened there? Hold on. I'm hitting 40% from three. That's my main we, job is to hit three. We don't need another spot up shooter from the outside. Okay. We need. Of course we do. No, we don't. We have tons of guys. I can put in Wancho and get a spot up shooter from the outside. And he'll also rebound the ball. He'll also pass the ball when he doesn't have a good shot. You, on the other hand, have been completely sloppy doing anything other than sitting on the line and shoot, shooting the ball. The second that you go into the paint, you completely lose it. Your turnovers are up. Your assists are down. You don't, you're clunky. What's going on? This is about the fight, isn't it? <laughs> of course it's about the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. You know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I, I'm glad that you're so humble that you can you can address the situation <laughs> to all the people who listen to the Dig podcast. It's very humble of you. It was nothing. It was such a stupid thing. I don't even want to get into it. It has nothing to do with what's going on right now. And I just feel like you haven't really given me a fair chance. I feel like I had a couple of bad games to start the year. Maybe my head wasn't totally in it. You know, maybe I was starting to count my 17 million a year before I should have been. And I just wasn't given the opportunity that I needed. Oh, really? To get in a flow with this team. Oh, really? Here's the thing. I, I've tried. I have given you the opportunity. You've played uh, 150 minutes this season already. You've you're my 150 whole minutes, <laughs> 150 minutes, 15 games into the season is a lot of minutes, especially when I have lots of guys who are dying to, to start playing who I want to see play more as well. But I, my bench has been a disaster this season and you've been part of that. And I've, tr I've tried to mix it up. I've tried to give you minutes with a starting unit and those were even worse than the bench unit. I can't play you anywhere right now. And then I've, just recently started throwing coach that hurts started throwing <laughs> Gomez in and he's playing well we're, we've got some lineups that are, that are doing well we're a team with guys that can play multiple positions I have a lot of versatility and I have to go with the lineups that that perform well and right all right what do you need to see from me for me to get back on the court I need you first of all to clue yourself in on the defensive side of the ball the second that you stop becoming a liability for me, I can work with you even through your offensive struggles. So if you are only a three-point spot-up shooter right now and you need some time to, to work on your offensive game, that's okay if you're not costing me points on the other side of the court. That's, that's where it all starts. And honestly, even when you do get your offensive, uh, your, your, your two-point shot back, your flow of the offense back, what will really get you your big next contract on another team, mind you, <laughs> is, is if you get your defense down. That's when you're starter. That's, that's when you're starter quality in this league. And I want to see that happen. But, but right. I can't sacrifice my team at this point. This is a championship year. I can't just suddenly give you minutes because we want to work you out of a funk. Next season, we have Curry and Clay coming back on Golden State. Next season, we've got Kevin Durant coming back in the East. This is our window. I can't play around right now. Yeah, I'm probably going to be playing with those teams. <laughs> you, I'm going to send you to Golden State. I'm going to send you there right now. <laughs> That's fair, Coach. I, I respect that. Anyway, I, it could be worse. I could be, I could be Michael Porter Jr. I don't know what you thought about that.
I liked it. You liked it. Who cares what they think? I liked it. <laughs> yes. That's how things go with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the record, JT, if you're listening, we've tried to get some some people on this show and they keep not showing up. One thing that I'm excited about, speaking of innovation, is mm-hmm. doing social media for the Denver Stiffs. I get to know and see a lot of valuable voices and not so valuable voices. Um, <laughs> and, and we want to kind of share some of that through our podcast. Totally. So we're going to be reaching out and, um, and, and trying to hear some more from, from some people. So, yeah, let's just call it out now. I mean, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on uh, on Twitter. Um, let us let us know, you know, what what your availability is, uh, what kind of a, a thing you might want to do, what kind of segment. Um, we'd like to reach out to the fans and, and bring in other voices. That's all Jeremy and I are. We are obviously not professionals. We're just oh a couple goodness. guys who like the nuggets. How dare you? Sorry. I have been on I speak point truth with my power. this season. I've got Miami going strong. <laughs> I called them the third or fourth seed in the East. I've got Michael Porter Jr. going strong. How, how many games? Let's see. Do well, you? I don't know that you do. The projection for how Coach was going to use him is what I'm saying. We said 30 games, oh. and I called first five in the, in the first 10. You said he would play in 20 eight. in the first of the first 30. I said five, and then eight, and then nine. What's that? Nine, 17. I he said says 22. 22 of the first 30. 22 of the first 30. That's not going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. We're 15. He already hasn't played in like eight games. We're, we're 15 games in and he's played eight games, seven, eight games. Of eight how many? Of 15. 15? Oh, okay. I said so five of the first 10, eight of the next 10. So that, that's where things might fall apart is we might start seeing <laughs> less and less. Yeah, because I think he's playing less now than he was to start the eight, year. But overall, I am on course. And that makes me a professional, in my mind, in my mind. All right, professional Jeremy. Yeah, that sounds right. That just sounds nice. Sounds like a toy that you buy your three-year-old. Kind of like doing the early morning show. A little little slap happy or something. A little... Yeah. Maybe there's something about being half awake. Tap us during our power hour, and you'll be blown away by what you get. Have anything you want to plug, Jeremy? Our articles have been awesome lately. Uh, Zach's had a lot of fire. Yeah. Read any of his articles. They've been spicy. Really um, liked Gordon's yeah. piece this week. Yeah. Uh, your, your, your weekly article, art, article has been heard. Um, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. No? I appreciate that. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Herzog SBN at Jeremy Pulley. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got Celtics tonight and looking forward to our uh, trek into the wild, wild east. 